The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. That's, that seems appropriate. That seems like an appropriate thing. You've been saying that for like the last year. I know. It's so much it's so much work to go through all the all the stuff. You know what I'm gonna do? You know what I'm gonna do? Um, as we're coming up to the new year, I, this is what I think I'm going to do. We're going to, um, I'm going to make a new, a new intro that is a donut instead of, uh, instead of just the, the straight thing. And then we'll, we'll cut out interesting bits of our conversation in that episode and put them at the beginning. That's an idea anyway. Who knows whether I'll follow through with it because... The intro to this show is low on the priority list, <laughs> right? <laughs> hmm. So I was going to tell this story, but I, um, there's there's three, possibly four of us here today. Um, well, the fourth is busy snuggling with your dog. Snuggling with a puppy, yeah. So um, we probably will just remain three. Okay, so um, Roland Rodas is here. Rolando, don't say that. <laughs> um, he's just here to hang out, chat, because um, mostly we're taking up his office. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. that's fine. It's not so, my office. But, well, yeah. <laughs> that's your, that is all your stuff over there that we're using. And this is all your stuff over here. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> your stuff looks funnier. Uh, not funnier. That is, <clears throat> that is my apparent head cold. Um, your stuff looks cooler than my stuff over here i guess we're not not new stuff downstairs well yeah we're not downstairs yeah okay yeah okay so um i was gonna start off today with an interesting show uh (laughs) (laughs) not enough coffee yet (laughs) clearly right um with an interesting uh aside um to all the listeners assuming you care we play the intro um, before we start the show, right? And today it started off really loud through the speakers. Um, and I was going to say, every radio station I've been in play the stuff through the speakers, through the loudspeakers, really loud, unnecessarily loud, so that you would have to, you would have to, uh, well, you'd at least have to raise your voice to be heard um now they have dim switches they can they can uh dim them by but yeah um and the at um at ched and at kissin and i don't remember what the other radio station was called at the time they had huge um tannoy speakers like a three-way 
um, 15, 10, and a tweeter. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you what, what model they were, but... It sounds ridiculously huge for what but, radio does. Yeah, but I mean, they're, they're, set up by, they're set up by engineers, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's the big, big far-field monitors. Is that what they're called? Far-field monitors, near-field monitors? I've always heard them called as mains. Mains, yeah. So, yeah, even even all the um, all the uh, all the production suites uh, in the station were had a set of had a set of those as mains, and then they at chorus at least they were running um, uh, Yamaha HS eighties HM eighties. What is the model? Uh, <clears throat> The eighties were the older one. They go with just yeah now HS whatever. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, so it was like it was the eight, eight, um yeah they were. Although they, I I came to realize something about the uh, uh, Yamaha speakers and mm-hmm. they kind of lie with the numbers. <laughs> the HS seven is a six and a half uh, inch speaker, not a seven. Lots of companies do that though. I don't like that. <laughs> the only companies I, I ever buy like speakers from, it's like if they're saying we have a five inch speaker, it is like a five inch speaker or mm. maybe slightly bigger than that. Right. Um, an, uh, an aside related to, to your um, day job, um, you're a big fan of Austin mics, right? Mm-hmm. So did you know that there was a Austin mic company um, in the States that makes DIY kits, DIY ribbon mic kits. No. Yeah. I, um, I was reminded of that last night as I was looking at DIY kits. Hmm. Um, and it, it made me think while well, it made, made me ask the question of, is it the same company, but I no. didn't pursue it, but you don't know. Okay. No. Uh, Aston Mikes is based in the UK somewhere. That's what I thought. Yeah. All right. Um, so today we come in very much without a plan. Um, I was thinking because next episode we're gonna we're gonna be much more structured as we transition into the new year. I was thinking today maybe we could go th- go around the table and and tell our one of our favorite stories of the year, um, the year that's passed. Do you okay. guys anything anything uh, instantly come to mind for either no. you guys? No, Roland. Oh no, no. I have to think through that. But yeah. when you start, and I'll think. Okay. Um, so, so one of the more and I and I I'm, I want to um, I want to bring up my calendar so that I can um, actually the, remember actually remember the <laughs> date that this happened on. Um, for all I know, it might not have even happened this year. Um, let's see, go back November. No, it was, um, well, well, I mean, one of the, one of the more important things that happened this year, not my favorite story, but as a time killer, um, was the building of this space, building of the podcast space. Um, that sure is something that I've that I've wanted to do for years. 
Um, I know you and I have been talking about it for at least a year. Um, well, we've always just been talking about utilizing the space upstairs. How, yeah, to how to do uh, more production stuff. Yeah. And now you've done it. Mm-hmm. And we've had um, three clients up here use the space, um, which is awesome, not including Roland and myself um, or this podcast. Um, and so that's a good start considering we've haven't even really been talking about it uh, or trying to go out and sell it. Right. Um, okay. So my, um, the two things that come to mind as my favorite stories are, um, I did two longer running projects I've done done a few of them this year, but um, one of which one where I was I was involved in every aspect of the project from from tracking to mastering, and the other one I only did vocal tracking. Um, let's talk about that one first, actually, because that's people know. Um, I I did a whole bunch of guest vocal tracking for the new Brother Octopus album, um, which. I should find out where that is because I haven't. Uh, Brother Octopus. Um, I just have a. You guys know who Brother Octopus is, right? The name sounds very familiar. It's Nathaniel Sutton. Okay. It's okay. it's it's his um, his main project. I I think it's his main project. Um. Let's see here. Uh, they have a lot of advertising, music. Uh, da, 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 da. Serenaded through seaweed. Is that the most recent one? Where's the date? All the songs oh, yeah. like ocean related or? Yeah. Yeah. He tries to take that kind of interesting twist with it. So, so I did, uh, I did a bunch of um, guest vocals um, for, um, for this record. There's eight songs on the record and I had letters from Pluto in here soft violence i had form 10 i had the skips and shiv shanks in here so i guess i guess five of the five of the eight um tracks serenaded through seaweed um available on their band camp for seven dollars um yeah it was tons of fun it was great working with nathaniel again i got a chance to um to engineer their first ep yukilo um which I think was nominated for a Edmonton music award in like 2012. Hmm. Um, yeah. Tons of fun. Um, great working with Nathaniel cause he's a, he's such an interesting dude and such a relaxed laid back. Um, yeah. Always fun to have around. Um, and then of course all of the characters that he was bringing in was, was super interesting. Um, uh, like Shiv Shanks was just a hilarious dude with a super deep growly voice to letters from Pluto. And everybody will forgive me for not remembering um, the girl's name, but um, just came in with a beautiful voice. One of the, one of the, one of my favorite voices to come through the studio this year. <laughs> um, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, the other super exciting, not super exciting. Um, my favorite story was the punk band 
for the county. Um, they came through a series of Sunday recording sessions, and it was only Sundays. They did six recording sessions ish, um, and we ended up recording seventeen songs. Um, dominantly live off the floor plus overdubs that doesn't make any sense so they did they did guitar and drums live off the floor with a scratch vocal and then they would do bass and um, vocals as overdubs Um, sometimes they'd even add a second guitar to the mix which was interesting but the whole thing was we were the whole thing was re- was really a challenge to my mentality of recording um and really made me adapt to their situation they're a bunch of kids right it was 14 year old and two 17 year olds mm-hmm. and they no money so they basically like they were basically working off of allowances and stuff um to pay for this and yet they kept adding songs kept adding songs like initially it was only supposed to be four and we worked up to 17 songs Jeez, <laughs> i know right um and so they were i mean first off they were just excited to be in a studio um and it was a it was a ton of fun to have them here because they were pretty pretty chill and excitable kids that's kind of a contradiction i guess but um but they were okay with mistakes you know um the drummer was okay with drum screw-ups making it to the to the record um the guitar player uh, the guitar player singer was fine with his vocals being a little wonky in parts um as long as they had some sort of charisma you know and on bass, they had a bass player to begin with, um, uh, the first two sessions maybe, um, but they parted ways. And so the guitar player ended up playing bass on the rest of the record, um, which made it actually really easy, but classic story. <laughs> I know, <right? laughs> that never happens. That's that, not why I'm a bassist. <laughs> that being said, that, that bass player, um, you know what, uh, I had I got I got a chance to meet that guy's the bass player's band. Marshall is the guy's name. Um where is it here? Um Tree Root. Tree Branch? Tree Branch? Tree Branch is the name of of his band. Um one of my favorite bass players I've ever had ever had in the studio. Um now cer- certainly like punk rock styling, right? But even at 17 years old, he just had a wonderful wonderful touch and great tone and really dynamic but also also knew when to sit back and and just stay in the pocket it was so good i really enjoyed really enjoyed him here anyway so so he left after after a couple of sessions mm-hmm. and the and the guitar player filled in um the rest of the bass uh, on the record and i'd be surprised if we hit three takes on more than one or two of anything you know we'd often get the the singer would go through a take and if i hadn't done sound check he would do a second one but if i had already done quote unquote sound check because he might do three or four songs in a day right Mm -hmm. um 
he would just bang it out, get to the end and be like, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> and, you know, I, I went in and I touched up maybe a note or two per song, you know, like some of the bigger notes or some of the really high notes that he was having trouble just quite getting to, you know, just a little sweetening. And with pitch, pitch correction, you mean? A little bit, yeah. But for the most part, we just let it go. You know, there's there's wrong notes. There's there's parts where his voice clearly just cracks and falls apart. Um, and it's just awesome. It really is just awesome. I can't think of any songs right now, but there are definitely some songs out there where, like, the singer hits something and then their voice cracks, but it just, it, it works for yeah. what's going on in the song at the time. Well, and, 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 and it's amazing how, how that was so different so long ago, right? Mm-hmm. I was in um, Soda Jerks. It was probably last, last summer, like summer 2016. I was in Soda Jerks waiting for a burger pickup because they make good burgers. And I was waiting in the lounge and they play, they always play like the, this oldies station or maybe it's an oldies playlist or something. Um, but a Little Richard song came on. It was clearly like early Little Richard, so 50s, right? Mm-hmm. And he's kind of hit or miss pitch wise, but great energy. And you can like, you can feel the whole energy of the song in the performance because the musicians back then were great on everything. Um, but you get to the last chorus and he just falls apart. Like it's, he hits a wrong high note and, and there's, there's like three beats before he recovers and starts singing again. And then, and that that made it to the, that made it to the cut. Yeah. Well, this was the fifties where you had to do like a solid live performance yeah Yeah. i guess live with the mistakes i guess exactly right and and it was just it was just accepted back then nowadays nowadays something like that i mean we we would we would we would crush as a social media society we would crush an artist for doing that live at at least a, a popular artist right yeah um let alone in the studio where the expectation is everything's going to be perfect. Yeah. But you also don't need the talent ceiling or is that the right term I'm trying to think of? You don't need the talent that you used to need. Right. Yeah. Barrier of entry is really low now. (laughs) That is, that is, and it just keeps getting lower. Had a conversation last night with, um, again, uh, Davis, the uh that that hip hop guy that that's been we've been working a lot on mm-hmm. um uh working on another song and we somehow got into the conversation about about um how the expectation of of work and investment of time and commitment and that kind of thing is so different between most genres and the hip hop world um, especially now that hip hop is taking over, taking over the world, basically. Well, yeah, percent yeah. of yeah, it's been taking over since the eighties, man. Well, I don't know. It's been growing since the eighties. Well, whatever. It was popular when like Will Smith was still a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Fresh Prince? Whatever. Who fucking cares? <laughs> 
<laughs> Man, I enjoy his early work. Well, I, I enjoy his stuff, and D, DJ Jazzy Jeff is still doing music. Yeah, you were saying that. Yeah, I've, I've listened to some. It's interesting. <laughs> like, his beats are actually, like, I, I enjoy them. It's okay. just the people he gets to sing on top of them that I don't care for. Yeah. Oh, that's how the conversation started. We used as, I did a, I mastered six songs of Davis's, um, uh, six songs that we'd done with Davis mm-hmm. uh, for an EP, um, which I think will come out in the new year. But um, we we had decided on a, on a Drake um, redub or remix or something of a... <sighs> someone else's song and they just used the beat from someone else's song and Drake sang over top of it. Um, but we'd use that as our reference track and we started talking about how bad the original was and how crappy the vocals were. And even, even the sounded like crappy production on the, on that vocoder autotune, um, style. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what led us into, into the, into this discussion about, um, more so it seems in hip hop, there's this expectation that you just have to have personality. And of course, every guy and girl that does hip hop thinks they have personality Mm -hmm. um, and are worthy of someone paying them for their personality. I haven't noticed that. I just, I I, I deal with people. That's more of an, that's more of that observation thing. Uh, on my account, but, but the, the expectation is not there that they have to work for it, that they have to work on specific skills. Mm-hmm. And so, so they just think that they just record a song and everything else is going to come. Oh man. Like that. well, that's, that, that's exactly it. It right? gets even worse than that. Cause if you work doing live <laughs> stuff like I do, mm-hmm. they will come in and be like, yeah, I want a thing. And I have this problem with feedback. <clears throat> Uh, so whatever it is, it better not feedback. And then you explain to them like what feedback is and they just, it glazes over them because they're just, they don't want to know. They just set it up so that it doesn't feedback and the feedback, I will complain. And then I have to have this conversation with them again. Being like, <laughs> you should just, are you in front of the speaker? Yes. <laughs> oh, I wonder why you're creating this loop of sound. <laughs> <laughs> you should, um, you should just with every, with every, um, rental that you send out of the store, you should just include the complaint form. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> uh, I don't get many complaints because like majority of people who have no experience, they're, they're generally yeah. like, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you please help me? I've in the past had feedback. What causes that? And then I'd explain to them like, mm-hmm. as sound goes from the speaker back into the microphone, it creates this loop and over time, it just creates that sound that you hear. Yeah. Unfortunately, that time is very quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so we we devolved into the into a little bit of the the root cause of that of how it this this problem seems to be more prevalent in hip hop, and I think it's the I think there's just more fame seekers in hip hop. Um, bolstered by the fact that so many hip hoppers have some sort of success or have some sort of song out there that 
Talks about how they did barely anything. Exactly. How it was so easy for them because they're so amazing and people just showered them with It doesn't whatever, help that right? you have like, I think it's Kanye West who's like, I'm a genius. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? Like that, that just... That just fosters this environment. And as much as I complain about Dave Grohl and his no need for a metronome shtick, um, this, I think, is far worse of an issue, uh, at least for the hip-hop community. Because there's there's so many amazing, amazing hip-hop artists that, well, that could create something really good if they took it serious enough to work at the skills. And I don't mean I don't mean the skills of production. The I mean the skills ones of actually do do that. The ones that are going to do anything with the, the with music, they they do do that. And they still turn around and and and, and promote how easy it was, yeah, or how much fame there eliminate is. eliminate or... competition, man. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> By telling the up and comers that it's easy, and then in, when reality, <laughs> you worked your ass off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. So, did that give either you guys enough time to think of a uh, of a? Uh, I don't know. Generally, if I have a story, I'd say it of the week. I know, I know. But this is this is kind of a kind of a recounting of of the year. Mm. Um, well, yesterday I got approached to do another studio build. I don't know if I'm going to do it though. Oh, sweet. Um, what's this one about? I don't know. I have to call the guy back. Oh. I just right. got the voicemail saying, hey, I was in like a couple months ago and now I want to build a studio. Can you help me? And it's like, uh, last time I did this, I had to get my prices up to $120 an hour before they fired me. Well, if, if you don't want to, um, if you don't want to uh, take it on, pass on his contact information from, to me. I'll, um, I'll, well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll have a conversation. I'll probably him. meet up with this guy and be okay. like, what do you want done? And then go from there. And if it turns out it's not something for me, I'll probably pass on the information to, or I'll probably pass them on to mm -hmm. other people yeah. like yourself. There you go. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, really big on the spot question. Mm -hmm. How much, um, how much audio work did you do this year? Very little. <laughs> mainly because it's like being at work yeah. I have to exercise my brain with all the everybody's problems and so I just <laughs> by the time I get home I don't want to do anything because yeah. I've already done a lot of audio work did you um, did you take on any like even, even in, I mean you must have had a, a few gigs um, what kind of what kind of stuff did you actually say yes to basic editing stuff mm. stuff that i can just come through really quickly right i've done maybe three or four of those any records that uh that have come out uh none were records just like just talking and stuff oh, okay so um, even easier than <laughs> dialogue editing <laughs> yeah awesome um cool okay yeah so very little I've I've wrote like two parts of songs. <laughs> ah, that's right. We um we started off last year with with uh, write a, a song write or a song. lose a microphone. Did you ever 
No. Um, you never finished that song? No. Oh, all right. And it, it's gone now because that was in my old computer. Uh, how is the, uh, how's the new computer going? Good. It's just good. I need more hard drive space. <laughs> three terabytes is not enough. What? <laughs> how, how, how do you run into three terabytes? I, I do like record stuff and like, I do have sample libraries that are like, a, like 500 gigs. Wow, man. Like I got movie libraries and stuff. I suppose. Okay. So if you're, if you're adding movies into that, then, um, yeah, I can, I can, I can see what well, can, uh, movie sound effect type things. Like I got, uh, boom audio stuff. Did you actually buy the boom audio, um, collection? Uh, I don't have everything by boom audio, but I do have like have some? their medieval collection. Oh, cool. Uh, I have a DVD somewhere of, um, another one of their collections. I think it's like their theatrical trailer noises or whatever. Okay. That's cool. But like those are 96, 24 yeah. files. So, and I, and I have both up. like the, we've made these sounds and here's the core sounds that we use to make those sounds. <laughs> right. Right. Cool. Yes. Yeah, so I, I can see how that would add up. You need just an array of, of external hard drives. Get a raid. Well, a raid is good for, for, uh, backup security. But, um, if you're, uh, if you if you need more physical space then the raid is sure. not the thing, right? Well, I, I think I got like another SSD slot in there. And then I got, I think two more HHD slots. Okay. So I got space <laughs> in my motherboard for I could probably have like a ter- 10 terabyte machine Sweet. if I wanted. I don't want to spend like yeah the several thousand dollars it would take to have that <laughs> m- yeah, <laughs> much right. hard drive space. <laughs> um, Nor do I think I would need that much hardware, hard drive space. Yeah, and and I thought I thought my sample library was big, and I have. just shy of 400 gigs mostly nefariously acquired mm. yeah um, that's just my legal stuff that's on there I think is like probably six or seven hundred gigs that's crazy man that's crazy that's that that to me says you should be doing more work like if you're gonna if, if you're gonna rationalize having that hard drive space used up you should be doing more work so going after film and 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 TV stuff, oh, no. or something. I don't actually want to work on film or TV stuff so, unless fair. it's like short clips because I, I don't want to do an, like an actual movie, right? Because I have done like <laughs> yeah, fifteen minute films and stuff, and like yeah. that's a lot of work. Yeah. An hour is just a ridiculous amount of work. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if somebody's willing to pay me f- full time for six months, I could probably justify doing an hour film. Well, it shouldn't take you. Shouldn't take you that long. Are you kidding? <laughs> six months to do an hour long film? Yeah, it shouldn't take you that long. There's a lot to. I under- I, I, I understand. 
uh, and, but un, un, unless you're creating the score and doing all the ADR oh, as that. well, I'm not doing score. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like that shouldn't take you. Well, now, I'm just now, thinking of like sound effects and stuff. Like if they needed it, like a whole bunch of sound effects, like I have to design those, put them in place, make right. sure they work, show them to the producer or the director, whoever says yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and then if they don't like it, then I have to do it all over again, right? So, well, you don't have to start from scratch. No, not no, right? but like you have to do whatever it is they want. And if done. they're not if they're not giving you a specific direction in advance anyway, then um, then that's that's I on them, right? Would hate that. That would suck. Yeah, every every film, every every video project that you're going to do that to needs to be. Like, here's where we want you to start. Here's where we want you to go. Um, so that you don't have, you don't have that kind of, um, but the, even your Hollywood films though, like they have teams of like 15, 20 people and, and it takes them several months. And that's, and that's totally fair, but it's also, it's also unfair to expect an indie film with tiny budgets mm-hmm. to be able to pay you for six months full-time well, that's what i'm saying right? is i'm not going to do a project hey, all right. so you, <laughs> you've just you've just set you've just set yourself that limitation unless this unless this line is met we're not gonna do uh yeah okay i yeah. gotcha i gotcha yeah. i'm following See, you now. i'll do the short ones where like it won't take me as long and i'll still make okay money doing it yeah but I'm not doing the, the hour-long film that is going to pay me nothing that I have no interest in. Right. All right. Fair enough. Speaking of film work, uh, I, I got a, I got, I, I got an offer to do work on a film through Soundbetter, and it was like a ninety-hour, ninety-minute film, and they only had, they only wanted to pay one hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> remember when I showed that to James? Where it was like, no, we're not doing this. Soundbetter is great for the low balls. Yeah. Every time I get an email from Soundbetter and I look at it, it's just like, oh, you're not going to like my price. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever replies back to my quotes either. Like oh, a yeah? rapper who's like, how much would it be for studio time, mixing, mastering, like pretty much everything. I was just like $1,000 a song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I um. That's such a... Right. Tell me more about your your stuff, and maybe I can figure ways to save you money. But otherwise, a thousand bucks a song. Yeah, I've started. I started thinking. And let me guys. Let me know how you guys think about this. I started thinking that that I should every rapper that approaches me because it's more rappers than anything. Um, that um, approach me. I feel like I should take like a, the traditional producer's role and say, listen, if you want, if you want me to work on your project, this is, this is the, this is the boundary, right? I'm going to tell you what's, what's good. I'm going to tell you how much you're going to spend and blah, blah, blah. And if you're not comfortable with any of that, then go find someone else. Now that I say that, that's still entirely too vague. Why do you want to take that approach as opposed to the approach I've been taking? Well, because the approach I've been taking is I've just been throwing a price at them. You know, it's like, it's, it's this much, you know, it, it's going to cost you somewhere between, 
know, 150 and $300 to do, you know, assuming you have your own beat. That's been the, the approach I, I've been taking. Because really, that's, yeah, mm. you know what? That's probably fine if they don't like that price. I work through most songs in, yeah, somewhere between three and five hours. Yeah, I don't know. If, if they don't like your price, they're going to go somewhere else anyway. Or they're just going to lowball people and realize that nobody works for free. See, and that's, that's the thing is there are enough new engineers and kids with a little laptop recording rig. No offense, Roland. I know you're a laptop computer guy, but, um, but my laptop is more powerful than your tower downstairs. That's so. true. It is. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, there, there's there's enough of these there's enough of these let's just call them kids that that will do recording for free or close so, enough that it feels like it. It'll yeah. sound like what they paid. So, like any of those kids who actually like develops a talent in doing it is going to realize that yeah. it's a lot of work and that they need to be compensated for it in some way right if not money then there has to be some kind of other exchange yeah so like I, i'm not worried about it i know i'm miles above well in, in terms of talent to the kid who's just right. got a laptop and pirated software yeah yeah right <laughs> but, <laughs> no, the problem is i don't think the client sees that something most of the time right but do you really want to have yeah. a client that doesn't see that no right so well, it, there's no no loss there like i don't work with a client that's going to be a pain in my ass okay yeah well you have that luxury though because you have the day job yes right yes. like neither of us have yeah. the luxury of well i mean i i said yes to way too many projects before <laughs> right. i had yeah my day before job. you had your day job yeah now that yeah. i have my day job and i do music like all the time anyway like i just i i don't I'm not worried about it. Do you really call what you do working with music, though? I, uh, well, because I mean, probably it, 75% of it is working in music because I'm mostly talking with like production companies and stuff like that. And yeah, uh, but, but Kim it, Mitchell comes by and will ask for advice, or uh, the drummer from Crash Test Dummies has also asked me for advice. I don't think of it as like I'm actually utilizing my engineering degree. Right. I guess that's I guess that was as, probably more accurately my question. Well, yeah, I'm not utilizing it to the its fullest extent, but right. like I'm helping other people who are trying to do this thing. Fair enough. Like there's plenty of guys who are engineering live shows that have no education and that are coming to me and being like, "Hey, uh how do you make a monitor mix? Just then me having to be like, well, these knobs here, I'll go to your auxiliary sense. Right. And you take that output, go to a speaker, and then you have a monitor mix. <laughs> these are people who get paid like $1,000 a night. To like, or, well, charge that. But, of course, there's a lot more to including it. Including the gear, yeah. 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 But how are they entitled to charge that if they don't even know that? 
Well, it's good salesmanship, yeah. right? Like, I mean, yeah. I, one of the best salesmen I ever, I ever worked alongside with knew nothing about technology, but was able to sell someone a brand new computer. Wow. And it could be because he, he didn't have to know, like he knew enough that he seemed like he knew something and he was a smooth talker. Yeah. And majority he, created, of, he created trust with the client. Well, the majority of people buying stuff, they don't have any clue about the stuff they're buying. Uh, working at L&M, like selling people recording stuff, like they barely scratch the bare basics of knowledge that I have. Um, it's like one in... 500 people that like I need to go in depth and have like in-depth questions and usually they have the same ability to google as me but (laughs) it's it's surprising to me how few people have the ability to google information they're looking for most of the most of the oddball questions I get from either clients or prospective clients or people just looking for advice or something I have to Google because I either don't know their software or whatever. And the answer is always, always an easy Google question away. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to me how many people, even younger, even younger people don't just Google. There are some weird questions that people do have sometimes too. Like so probably weird. once a week I get like a weird question where I have to like, legitimately think of like would that work <laughs> yeah <laughs> um I'm, I'm just trying to think of one uh i, I can't think of one right now mm. speaking of speaking of would that work and i realized i'm just realizing now i forgot to come back to you about your um, story so yeah, yeah you got one yeah okay uh we'll come back to that in just yeah, a second okay. sounds good um i just picked up uh, one of the original, that's dramatic. Um, uh, a reamp box built by the company that John Cunaberti started. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, before, before radio bought them. Right. Um, I came up on eBay and it was a, a ridiculously good price. So I grabbed it and we now have three reamp boxes, which is awesome. So I'm going to reamp a lot of stuff. More the new stuff do. antelope uh, interface is kind of cool because they have the a built-in... The, the mic mods? Or it got a built-in reamp? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. The the outputs you can have, uh, you could switch it so that it has, um, I guess, it's instrument level output. or whatever. Yeah. Instrument level output. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. It is cool. Like when I heard about that, I was just like, oh man that makes it like an insane deal yeah because they have like the and discrete fours like maybe a thousand bucks so four preamps i think it has spit if out i think four outputs for sure yeah um and you could buy those crazy microphones with them i think with the discrete four they'll also give you a microphone if you buy it like right now because they're ah, doing yeah, the I, introduction thing. I saw, I saw something about that. Um, that's their, uh, Roland, that's their um, mic mod thing where the you buy a microphone that is like as neutral as possible. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they um, have an entire series of that. Yeah, I. it almost makes me, almost makes me sad that I got into Antelope 
um, early in their transition phase. I got uh, our Orion. I got before, but before all this stuff. That that is what is made Orion the name that it is right now. Is that antelope or antelope? Sorry, yeah. is the Orion? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and and that's exactly it. I mean, to have to have thirty two channels in and out uh, at that price point, you know, less through than, USB, through USB too. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I like. <laughs> all the PC guys are just like, yep, and and bought it. Like it was a, it's mm-hmm. a great converter. It really is. It really is. Um, now, if only I had a patch bay that wasn't so problematic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, your story. Okay, I thought about just uh, giving you like a, the highlights of my ear, and then if there's something that you're interested in, we could go into more detail. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. Joey. Pick the most interesting thing. Yeah. Okay, go. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) So I finished my business plan. I went to the same training that you went to. Uh, Then I uh, got my business loan approved. Right. Then I uh, bought the Claret, which is the first piece of gear that I buy in a very long time. Right. Uh, I tracked three full-lengths this year, and one of them had a, I'm not going to say names, just in the odd chance they listen to this, but one of them had a drummer crying in the studio. (laughs) Oh yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you make him cry? No, no. It was uh he couldn't um for some reason he just wasn't playing the song at the tempo that they 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 picked. He couldn't he couldn't play this the, the song as fast as they wanted him to. Well, then slow down the tempo and then just edit it to be faster. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I, I th- like when when we slowed the tempo down, that was such a hit to his pride that he just started crying and Oh man, that's great. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and then the rest of the band was getting really mad at him, and uh, yeah, there was a point where I was like, I, I, I didn't know what to do, and I was just, you know, I like, why don't we move on into a different song? Why don't we move on to bass before, so you guys can figure this out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the only thing you can do is just tell the drummer, like, hey, let's take a break, uh, do whatever you need to to put yourself together and i thought that but, but then i realized like if if the drummer leaves the drum room and comes back here like these guys are gonna start like arguing here in the control room so it's probably best to keep them separate for now <laughs> <laughs> so the rest of the band was getting agitated as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. one of them That's went awesome. outside to have a smoke and it's a person that i never seen matt before so it was like it, yeah it, it was pretty it was pretty intense yeah 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 <laughs> that's awesome that's yeah. the name of the podcast the name of the episode is made the drummer cry made the drummer cry yeah <laughs> yeah no, that's fantastic yeah. Um, yeah then we built this place yeah we built uh, the studio yeah it was some a lot of parts that sucked about it but construction sucks man yeah. like i i have i have a lot of respect for people that do, do this full time yeah. because i know it, it gets easier and some of them even enjoy it uh, I, I don't. don't. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy the problem-solving aspect of building a studio. Mm-hmm. Unless the problem-solving is like something incredibly stupid, like uh, the person who was hired before me wired a snake backwards. That annoys the fuck out of me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I'm just like, okay, so here's your options: you either let me tear the fucking thing out of the wall so I can fix it, or you buy a shit ton of adapters. <laughs> Both options suck. Right. 
The best one is if you just let me tear it out of the wall. <laughs> but you won't let me. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, you said you you tracked three full lengths. What were the other two? What do you mean the other two? Well, the, the, the there's the one where the drummer cried. Yeah. And there's the thrash metal one early in the year. Oh, yeah. 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 And then there was the... Um, I guess the last one wasn't any... Uh, oh, yeah, no. And then they had the band from Calgary that came out in March to record guitars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and the drums were recorded at, uh, a year ago. Right, because you, yeah. you tracked the drums for yeah. them too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Okay. Yeah, and then I did a... The last session I had was a, um, two 20-minute songs that it was just uh, bass and drums. But the bass was distorted, so it almost sounds like a guitar. Yeah, yeah. right. Each yeah. each of those songs were 20 minutes yeah. long? yeah. That was 40 minutes for two songs? Yeah. That's awesome. I call that a full length. <laughs> Me too, but they said it's a demo. Oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I told her that this is not demo quality uh, anymore. You should just like at least call this an EP. They're like, nope, demo. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Are they like prog band or? No, just a doom metal band. Oh, yeah. so it's just like really gloomy long yeah exactly. notes yeah chords that last for 12 bars <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah well cool thing about that though is i i, I got to use the kiwis uh, for overheads so that was cool but i'm yeah, never you were saying you were saying that there was uh there was something that you didn't like about them as overheads joey and i are talking through kiwis uh the blue microphones kiwi right now um so you were yeah you were saying uh there was something you didn't like about yeah, them? Yeah, they're just too sensitive. And, well, the, the drummer was not big enough to make them work, I don't think. Okay. Yeah. If we were in a gymnasium, then, yeah, you could totally make them work. But What made them? What What made you feel like they were too sensitive? Oh, I have, I have to have the gain on the preamp all the way down, and they were almost clipping off already. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. That's, that, that is really strange, actually. Yeah, yeah. that is bizarre. Um, did the preamp have a pad? Yeah, yeah. And you were engaging that as well. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. How hard was the drummer hitting? Not too hard. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I I heard it. Um, I feel like for a metal, even even though it's doom, man, that guy really didn't want to hurt his kick drum. That's that's what it sounded like. It was like, it was like, thump. like it was. It was kind of like he was playing. It was kind of like he was playing soft jazz. You know, like <laughs> I'm just gonna tap on this thing, and and if people hear it, that's fine. But if they don't, it, it's not necessary. <laughs> like that's that's that that was the impression I I felt. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and it you were sounded still good. clipping. That's that's interesting. The, that that well, makes they, me. They, they would clip with uh, snare hits. That that makes me think mm. that there was probably something. Um, something either wrong with your setup or something wrong in the gain staging. Okay. Um, and, and it might've been as simple as, as you just needed to move the microphones further away. Further away, yeah. Right. Cause that's, that's a totally acceptable solution to that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cause I'm also kind of limited by, by the height of the, mm-hmm. the stand. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and in that room, in, in certain parts of it, you're limited by the height of the room as well. And, yeah. Um, but it's, it's still, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I don't say that it just can't work just that in that particular room, it seems like they're, they're not worth the hassle. 
Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I um, you know, and it it's funny you mentioned that because I've had I've had this one that I'm talking into. I've had it as a close mic on the snare before, and I'd never had that problem. Really? Yeah. So it makes me think. It makes okay. me think that there right. might, that there might have been something. Okay. So I messed up somehow. <laughs> I, it's 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 Something's worth worth exploring. Boosting right? the gl- the gain somewhere is yeah. probably what was going on. Okay. Yeah. Um. Which um, which preamps were you using? The fifty twenty four. Me. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, it it's it's pretty hot. It starts out with a twenty six decibel boost right away. Um, oh, okay. So that's and, probably why then. Yeah. It could be, but it, yeah. Still, you, you still shouldn't have shouldn't have quite that bad of an issue. Um, yeah, I've I've had this thing as close mic on the snare and close mic on the kick drum. That's not true on a the resonant head, the res head mic. Um, yeah. Well, you know what? It's worthy of another experiment. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll 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 set it up again and see if we can see if we can figure out what it is. Mm. Yeah, because I I mean I do have two of them with the intention of being able to do that, right? And this guy didn't sound like he was a heavy hitter, which no. means if I set them over, I set them up over over uh, Jeff Jeff Hicks, he's gonna he's gonna blow something up. <laughs> if that were the case. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely willing to try it again, but. Yeah, probably the preamp was a problem. Yeah. I want to get a starlight or a pair of starlights. I saw something on a DUI thing about about uh, those. Do they have a? No, never mind. That was they, the that. You know what? That was the ribbon mics. Going back yeah. to the conversation we already had. No, forty nope. minutes ago. We're talking about a small condenser pencil mic that has three voices and a laser, <laughs> <laughs> a magnetic laser that you can take on and off. No. It's attached to the microphone itself. I thought it was magnetic. You could take it off. No, we talked about how we thought it, it would should be. be. Yes. Oh, man. I've been thinking the last, I don't know how long, that the thing was a removable magnet device. <laughs> no, it's not removable, but it's cool. Is it powered by Phantom Power? Yeah. That's cool. I think when the laser's engaged, it bypasses the microphone, though. But we did have, a, it was interesting because we were testing out a pair at work at, at work when we first got them and like tried with one put on the laser and like we had the gain on there just because we weren't paying attention and it was <laughs> fine uh but then we took the the next one and then like did the same thing and it was making like some crazy noises that sound pretty cool nice and it only ever did it when the laser was engaged yeah yeah so a- so you could get like in buying those you could get one that like there's something wrong with it and it will make some very bizarre sounds i had something similar last weekend i had uh, something mechanical in um last sunday two sundays ago to do uh to do tracking on their new on their new song up i think it's just called up anyway um colin was running through uh he was running through his vox AC 30 and the four by 12 extension cabinet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a, he had a, he had one of the cord pitch black, um, tuners. Mm-hmm. And every time he'd hit the tuner, uh, it would make this, this kind of like, like electronic interference, but not like radio interference kind of noise. Super cool. I got really excited. They were making fun of me for how excited I got. I actually forced him to turn on the tuner 
and let me record 30 seconds of it. So, <laughs> so I got, I, I got the, 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 um, the, uh, the signal out of the tuner plus two microphones on the cabinet. It was awesome. It was awesome. I, 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 I filed it away under, under, um, elements. I got a little folder of elements like shakers and tambourines and stuff. Oh, I love, fucking love it, man. So you're going to use that in, in the song, like as an intro? Or I don't like, know. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> it probably won't even make it in his song because it's not, okay. it, it doesn't There's have anything to do with something his else, right? Yeah, okay. But I'm definitely going to use it for something. Okay. It's just okay. a weird noise that you had to record yeah. right then and there. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it made me wish that I had like a recording set up that day when we Mm -hmm. were testing out the Aston mics because I would have totally sampled it because it it made some pretty cool. I miss the days when when you guys had the recording uh, set up in the other room and you always had a, this is pre-you, right? Oh yeah, this is when like the recording room was a room. Yeah, and and they they always had a Command 24 or a C24 um, hooked up to their Pro Tools rig on a on an iMac, I think it was, and always ready to demo and to um, well and to record. Those days are kind of coming back because we are considered are one they? of the uh, flagships of the country. Really, we're getting an SSL Matrix. Oh yeah, I think that's cool. It's They're like nice. only an eight or a sixteen channel board or something like that. Still, but still we have nice... been told that we are to make a recording setup centered around that SSL. That's awesome. I got Logan McQuaid. Yeah, at the South Shore. I don't think the other stores are going to get anything like that because they don't do anywhere near as much business as we do. Yeah. We, as a store, usually do what the other three stores do combined Combined. in a day. It would be be really cool to have something like that in town because there's nothing. There's nothing like that in... Well, there's... I think partly came about because uh, Yorkville bought out HHB, who is uh, an SSL distributor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was looking at an HHB tube compressor um, not too long ago. Made by um, TL Audio when they were... But super cool with that bright purple, um, like HHB color. It made me really excited, and 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 I didn't buy it because I didn't actually want the unit, but I was just thinking like this would look awesome in my rack. <laughs> so you just need to buy a faceplate. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, I, I just... know there was a company that did do that until they got like sued for. There's what? a handful of them floating around eBay right now, um, where you can I buy it, but like yeah, what they're they're. They're just face plates wired up with power so they light up. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, that's a waste of money. <laughs> I when don't you disagree. Can spend the same amount of money <laughs> to have something that actually does something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. It's n- it won't look like an LA2A, but it'll actually do something. Right. I was. Um, I was looking at a at another at a at a bus compressor, um, because I have, as you established last week, I have bad gas. Mm-hmm. Oh, and 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 the thing the thing that prevented me from buying anything that I was looking at was none of them had big knobs. Uh, I guess they need knob. more six tens. I know, right? What do you mean by bad gas? Well, I'll explain it later because we're running out of time. Okay, Thanks fine. so much, everybody. We'll um, we'll see you all next week. 
Follow our hosts on Twitter at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.